Facts of Faith on SAFM. Welcome to Facts of Faith uh, with me, Patricia Ntuli, standing in for Nae Lupondwane. It is uh, time for us uh, to look at uh, issues that are quite uh, trending, pertinent when it comes to you and your faith. This evening, we are going to have a discussion around childlessness and um, scripture, religion. What is it take on people who choose not to have children but also we're also going to look at uh, the take on people who cannot biologically have children so what are their options and what does it say about them we're going to be joined by a, a couple of guests uh, but uh, right now we've got Kuli Zipete who's a member of the Baha'i Faith Kuli is going to be taking us uh, through the understanding whether the choice to not have children is forbidden or is it encouraged is it scriptural according to Baha'i faith or not but later on Apostle Derek Moswana the president of the Christians of South Africa is going to be joining us to give us the Christian perspective uh, you can join in on this conversation on our social media platforms at SFM radio at Patricia N. Dooley hashtag SFM facts of faith thank you very much for joining us Kuli and uh, thank you for your patience All right. Now, I think the first thing that we can do is firstly set the context uh, around Baha'i faith. Um, Mm -hmm. Where does it originate from and what is the name of its holy scripture? Because it it, it is not one of the predominant faiths in South Africa. So it's good to always have an understanding. The Baha'i faith in, in short, it's uh, one of the youngest or latest independent religions uh, started by year 1844 in the present-day Iran, then was called Persia. And its prophet founder, Bahá'u'lláh, is the one we believe is one of the divine teachers always sent by God to the covenant of God, which God promised us that he will never leave us alone. So it started, as I said, 1844 with a herald or a forerunner for the each, and that started as a body religion, which lasted a period of about nine years. And then Baha'u'llah, from 1853, declared as the one who has been promised. So basically, as I said, it's the latest. It has three pillars of uh, Unity is based on unity and oneness, oneness of God, oneness of religion, oneness of humanity. And just to write on that, it's relevant to the to the topic, but I won't address the topic. But the Baha'u'llah, he came with his teachings that uh, scripture uh, is not necessarily absolute. It's generally uh Relative. So when we're going to talk about a scriptural acceptable of any topic, we keep that in mind. And this Baha'u'llah put in the fact that currently humanity is coming of age. We are, as humanity, we are at a stage where we're coming of age, and hence in the Baha'i faith there's no clergy, no priest, because Baha'u'llah says mankind is at a stage where they can understand what God wants 
And having said that, they can, most of the things actually are put, the responsibility is put basically on individual consciousness and understanding. Hence, we say scripture is the relative, not necessarily absolute. Whatever we discuss. Of course, we have, we, call, we talk about the book, we have a book of laws known as Kitabi Akhtas, the most holy book. That one is specifically focusing on the laws. But there's also multiple uh, writings, utterances by Baha'u'llah on how to live the life principles. That's where most of the relativity comes from, because those principles, like this one we're going to talk about, it, it, it depends on that, how as an individual feel. But there is a law linked to having children. I don't know if I may stop there. Well, you know, you've really set uh, the, the, the context for us, Kuli. At least we have an understanding around Baha'i law. I'm very intrigued by the fact that you say uh, the, the principles are relative as opposed to absolute. Um, does this uh, not then sometimes have uh, caused blurry lines amongst those practicing the faith? Yes, because as Baha'is, again, we are not uh, immune from what, goes around. For example, I would say many people, as including me and others, we always, when it comes to scripture and religion, to want to be absolute. And immediately there's gray areas, that I call them gray areas in between, we get worried because we want God to prescribe. Of course, there are laws where there is prescription, but this tendency of one of needing absoluteness. That's what leads to increase in interpretations, subsidiary legislations, and all that so that we can be happy. But Baha'u'llah, again, brings a principle of moderation and a principle of responsibility on the individual. So, because when it comes to weight areas, that's where now, as I'm saying, Humanity is supposed to be maturing. So most of the things are left to my own consciousness. And you are correct to say, I might go astray and say, oh, it's not clear, this one, so I can do as I like. Yeah, that's the, that's the reality of it. But hopefully, and according to Baha'u'llah's teaching, we should know. For example, let, just to get a little bit, here the law is not about having children. The law is about marriage. I know we're going to talk about it. You see what I mean? But that marriage, there is a law that we... It, it actually, let me read what Baha'u'llah says. He says, Marry all people that from you may appear he who will remember me amongst my servants. This is one of my commandments unto you. Obey it as an assistant to yourself. But somewhere else, we say again, marry that you may produce. So meaning the, the, the one of the, of the outcomes of marriage is very But even that marriage, as much as it is a law, it's not obligatory as a Baha'i. And being married again doesn't mean once you are married now, it's obligatory that you must have children. So marriage is a law, but having children is not a law. But they are linked, as we had his writing. Mm. 
Mm. Yeah, I hear the interlink. Um, so marriage is a law. In other words, the the, the concept of fornication or um, sex out, outside of marriage um, is is outruled in Baha'i faith. Is that correct? Or is that also a relative? Yeah, that is correct. Okay, so in Baha'i faith, it's 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 purity first, from what I'm understanding. From purity, we now, um, you know, conceal it within marriage. But when we are married, we choose ultimately what is suitable for us when it comes to uh, bearing children and multiplying. Yes, I would say once you are married, it is left to the couple to decide whether they want to have children or not. Although, in the principle of guidance, having children is one of the greatest benefits that people could have. Producing someone like you, raising someone, in some way he talks about anyone who raises a child is raising my own. It's talking like God says, if I raise, could I raise a child? I, I, I give birth or I raise a child. I'm like raising God's child, and that's a good service. But again, it's not obligatory that I should do that. It's left to the conscious, to my conscious, reading the law of marriage, as again, because if we take marriage, yes, it's a law. But if I can't have children, or my husband can't have children, that's not a sin. That means it doesn't mean the marriage is wrong. It doesn't mean we must separate. We can stay in the marriage. Either maybe we can adopt. Adoption is very highly regarded in the Baha'i faith. Or like in the day of science, we can use science means to see doctors, competent medical doctors to help us get children. But when it comes to this, I don't know if I'm jumping, things like surrogates and whatever now, the, the cat now again. A law says that one, the sperm must be from the husband. Wow, wow. And then it talks more about psychological and other requirements. So so there's, again, some catch there. You know, uh, Kuli, as you are speaking, I'm seeing how uh, integrated with modern society Baha'i uh, faith is um, and, and, and the way you are explaining to us. Because things like surrogacy, uh, adoption um, and uh, using modern technology, uh, medical technology to to conceive are not really written in other religious texts. So Baha'i is clearly very integrated with modern society. Um, you speak of adoption being highly regarded within the Baha'i faith. So if it is highly regarded, uh, is it something that would be advocated for? And what are the reasons for it to be held at such high esteem? Uh, the, the reason is that I would say the main thing is going there, just start taking children, irrespective who gave, who gave birth to the child or who, who produced the child. Uh, the purpose of our lives on this earth, as you know, is temporary. We are here for a limited period. And God's purpose is that procreation is part of God's purpose, that we continue to be there. So if there are children, some children maybe they have no parents or whatever, because also in the Baha'i faith, the education, the training, the upbringing, general welfare, it's one of the 
principles we have a big completion on just family life, children being educated from the time they are in the womb of the mother, from the time they are bed. Like when you are still pregnant, you have your thoughts, your emotions are very important, what you say, what prayers you say, until the child is born. And you train the child from birth until reaches the age of maturity. So adoption is in the sense that no child might be left out uh, without the benefit of being raised properly and, and all that. Now, when it comes to uh, then at, uh, surrogacy, you also mentioned that with surrogacy, uh, it is welcomed, but the seed, being the sperm, needs to come from the father. How is this handled and how is it encouraged, um, especially if, let's say, it's the father who's impotent and is not able to, to bear children? So sorry, I missed the very last part. If if the father, so you say it in Baha'i faith, surrogacy mm. is is permitted, uh, but the sperm needs to come from the father, of uh, the from this marriage, right? But yes. now, what happens if it's the man's sperm that's impotent? He he cannot produce children. Unfortunately, that one is very clear. That if the men's sperms are not uh, good enough to make children, that when the couple should accept the situation that marriage is not only for childbearing, there's another there's another life, beautiful life being married, and if they really, really want children, then that's why there's an option of adoption. They could raise the children not to be attached, and going back to what Bahá'u'lláh emphasizes is the moderation because sometimes I would say no, I can't raise somebody's children and going to the main pillars of oneness of humanity of that oneness. When I see any child, uh, actually there's emphasis that once we are as humans you see the face of God it's in the same context about children raising my biological children or your children they really shouldn't. What is important is that these souls, these beautiful souls, should be, yes, the passage or the way children come is through two people. If I can learn to be detached from that, that yes, it's not from my ovary, I mean, my ovum or from my sperm, but it's still a child of God, still a child. So that's why adoption came as an alternative. Mm. I'm glad that there, you know, there, there's such progressiveness um, because, um, you know, hearing other voices from other religious uh, groups is always a, a pleasure, and it always gives understanding to to what is out there. Now, when it comes to us, uh, just you know, being 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 educated around Baha'i faith and its progressiveness, uh, and issues like artificial insemination and so on. Um, how can you educate us there, especially on artificial insemination? Since with surrogacy, you said, no, it must be the male sperm or the couple needs to accept uh, their fate and then opt for other options like adoption. Uh, okay. Artificial insemination, it's, it's welcome as law or, or another on health issues, the guidance on the, any general thing that is medical. 
we are encouraged, again, it's not law, it's a guidance for our own benefit, to seek services of competent medical practitioners. If there's a chance that through artificial insemination, we may have a chance, there's nothing against, there's no writing against that. Uh, It's just those basic uh, principles that... uh, the sperm and the ovum from should be by the couple from the couple. The law of marriage is not obligatory. Having children is not a law, but it's highly recommendable. And that's all I can say. Excellent. Thank you so very I'm much. economic factors. It doesn't mean because I can bear children, I just go wire, wire, because God says I must bear children. There's so many things we have to consider. The welfare of these children. What's the point if I don't have means to have 10 children? Things like that. (laughs) Thank you very much for joining us. Facts of Faith on SAFM. Patricia Dooley on SAFM. We are now joined by Apostle Derek Muswana, who's the president of the Christians of South Africa. And uh, we are still on the same topic, talking about, you know, the, the choice to have children. Is it scriptural? Is it forbidden or encouraged scripturally? We're now going to get the Christian point of view. Uh, we've heard from Kuli Zipete, who, was a me- who is a member of the Baha'i Faith. And it was clear that the Baha'i Faith is open to, um, you know, choice when it comes to bearing children. Apostle Derek Muswana, thank you very much for joining us. Great pleasure. Thank you very much and uh, good, uh, good day to the listeners. Apostle, now from the Christian faith's point of view, does a couple have a choice to say they want to have children in their marriage or not? Uh, unfortunately, we as Christians, we believe that children are a blessing from God. So one cannot decide as to what kind of a gift or what kind of a blessing does he or she wants. Uh, it was a blessing that was given to our great forefathers, uh, Adam and Eve, when they, uh, they remember uh, bearing children came as a result of sin in the Garden of Eden, and God said, you shall bear um, children, and uh, uh, so fulfill the objective that was given to us in the Garden of Eden. So uh, he has given you 10, so be it. So God decides as to how many children does he gives you or how many does he not give you. Uh, so it, it's a gift. It's not anyone's choice. It's God's decision. So I don't think uh, couples have got that um, um, uh, right to say, I want this number of gifts or I'm planning uh, this number of gifts because we have got scientific uh, evidence of um, young couples going through family planning for years in the name of you want children to have children, start having children after the age of um, uh, this much or after the age of 30, uh, while we are stable and financial resource, you want to have children. Only to find that uh, they, 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 they don't even have that, that, that capacity to bear children. So one does not have the right in, in terms of our Christian faith and policies to say, I want this number of children or I want this number of uh, kids in my family. Sure, it sounds very harsh, though, Apostle. 
for uh, people not to have a right to choose. Uh, why is this? Why is the Christian faith saying you don't have a right? We were created with a purpose. When, when, when one is created, you, create, you are created with a prescript. Uh, God knows exactly what will transpire in your life. There are those that God did not give children, and there are those that God gave children. So there are those that are barren, not because of their sins, but they are barren because uh, it's, a, it's natural in them. They don't have that gift. So when one decides to say, nah, even if I'm given 10, I want to have two, then you are limiting the grace or, or the favor of God upon your life. And that is not how things should. Mm. However, I must stress it out that given the current economical meltdown, we find many Christians in South Africa or across the globe going through family plannings and uh, doing uh, protections and whatsoever. That is, that is, that is outside the grace. I mean, their conduct is outside uh, the biblical principle of um, children as gifts from God. Apostle, when it comes to contraceptives, right, I think this is a conversation we now need to have. Um, because I know in other sects of the Christian religion, uh, contraceptives are not permitted. So is there a scripture that speaks about contraception? Because as much as we are saying scripturally, uh, married couples in Christianity should just be bearing children if they are able to, if they've got the gift, according to what you've said. But if they've got the choice, because of medical technology, I can take a contraceptive and hold back the years of, you know, and then have a count on how many kids do I want, when do I want to have them. Is it permitted in Christianity? We, we don't have uh, any relevant scriptures that speak directly on the issue of contraceptives. Uh, but we do have um, many... Uh, scriptures in the Bible that speaks about the favor and the grace of God, the plans that he has for us, plans to prosper. I am one of those that not subscribe uh, to the principle of contraceptives in family. I'm very young. Um, I'm in my mid-30s, and I've got a loving, a loving wife. Uh, we, are, we are blessed with three kids already. Uh, we don't subscribe to the rule of family planning because we believe that whatever that we have, it is by grace. Whatever that we don't have, it is by grace. Everything is by grace. Now, you touched earlier on barrenness. And you said it's, it's about a gift. Do you have the gift? Were you given the gift or not? If a couple is barren, whether it's the man or the woman, according to Christianity, can they seek alternative ways of um, conceiving? Like perhaps getting a surrogate mother or even, uh, you know, going for artificial insemination um, and, or adoption? Unfortunately, in the Christian philosophy, we only have the natural way of conception. Uh, so outside that, people just do it, uh, but it is not Godly, it is not biblical, it is not scriptural, uh, but uh, because of uh, desperation, uh, people tend to help uh, or try to help God. Uh, now I believe that uh, we should be faithful uh, like many others that came before us. We had Sarah who was faithful, we had, um, uh, 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 we had Hannah who was faithful, we had many that came before us who were faithful to the cause. 
and uh, they remain faithful even in, in their aged years. And for that, I, I'm telling you, for that, uh, God rewarded their faithfulness with plenty of children. So it's not permitted to use medical technology in Christianity, from what it you're saying, in, to enhance. It is, it is absolutely not encouraged. Now, for, for, for a couple that has already done this, is there a form of punishment or a form of that they are going to face because they've decided we are Christians, but we'd love to have children and medical technology is giving us an option. Is there to, to, punishment? Unfortunately, in, in, in the Christian faith, we also have no condemnation. We cannot condemn a person because he tried the unnatural way of conceiving. Uh, the, 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 the major point is, do they still believe in Christ? So remember, as Christians, we can confess our sins in many a times and be forgiven. So uh, there is no condemnation. We can't condemn them for doing the unnatural practice. However... We encourage people to have faith in the Lord and believe that only God can give and only God can take. Going the unnatural way, it's more like um, a, a child who, who decides to take a few things from the shop, put it in a box, and say, this is my Christmas gift. Uh, you cannot give yourself gifts. Uh, you are only given gifts. So we don't know what is in the box for us for this Christmas. But uh, we know for sure that families will be giving us gifts and will appreciate any gift that comes from our last family members. As uh, harsh as it sounded, uh, it's good to know that, uh, you know, there is no uh, punishment. Uh, there is no condemnation. So in, in essence, it sounds like you still have a choice uh, because it's also not written in scripture that there's no artificial insemination or anything like that. Now, with adoption, what are the thoughts of ad- on adoption in Christianity? On? Adoption. Adoption. No, no. Uh, Christian families, uh, many Christian people have been adopted before. In the Bible, we had Moses who were who adopted uh, by the Egyptians. We, adoption is, is, is allowed in, in the Christian uh, fraternity. They have been practiced in the ancient history and is still practiced today because Christians is a, uh, the religion that we are subscribed to is the religion of love. Uh, they must know us by love. No one must starve while I have got the resources or the means to provide. If there is any family that does not have a child, uh, in fact, uh, in the ancient days when the family does not conceive, they will then have another uh, person who bears children on their behalf and they will raise those children as theirs. So uh, adoption is is a normal practice in the Christian faith uh, and it's encouraged. We also encourage um, young people who don't conceive to opt for adoption as well so that they can give another person the love the appreciation and the, the, the family environment that he deserves. So surrogacy could be in the same breath then because someone else is carrying a child for you because you can't bear a child, uh, but using your seed. No, if, if, if I can't bear a child, I must not uh, do the scientific way. Rather, I do the ancient way. I request another sister to come in like... Um, uh, 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 the way uh, um, uh, Ishmael was born, uh, her ma- his mother came in to assist in the house of Abram uh, because Abram and the wife could not conceive by then. So uh, they had to convene Hagar to come, and Hagar 
uh, came and conceived a son for uh, Abraham. Uh, that is uh, what has been practiced in the Bible and is still uh, relevant even today. Um, in our in our in our modern day, we call it a stable or or, 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 or or a joint marriage. Wait now, you know, when I'm going back to that scripture, um, Apostle Moswane, I'm also reminded that it didn't really end well for Ishmael and his mother Haggai, because there was a separation of that family. So where do we set the principle um, when you are going to employ such to say, no, it's fine, uh, call in another woman to bear children for you, then later the, you bear your own children. Um, should you do the same thing as uh, Papa Abraham did and separate the families? And, and unfortunately, separations do happen. Separations have been there. Even in brothers and siblings, separation is also it's always there. We cannot... Uh, use um, Ishmael and his mother's situation to discourage what can be practiced and what has been practiced efficiently and effectively without any separation. So conflicts um, are, are, are human elements. They live day to day with us. Mm. And uh, so you're saying, in other words, that Istanbul polygamy is, uh, is, is, is correct and can be practiced within Christianity for the sake of bearing children. It has been practiced and it is still practiced. I don't have any scriptural uh, reference where at this time has been denounced. So we encourage uh, male counterparts to also marry two wives, three wives, because um, it, it avoids the issue of um, cheating and uh, being aggressive and abusive uh, towards, uh, or, or even resorting to the unnatural way of conceiving uh, out of desperation. So um, it has been encouraged, it has been practiced. We have got scriptural references of a, a, a family, a Saul's family, David's family, has been in a polygamous uh, environment and they never separated. There is no record where uh, they are seeing Saul separated with his many wives and concubines. Uh, there is no record. So uh, we, we, we also need to be encouraged by those uh, family environments. Uh, thank you very much, Apostle, for joining us um, as the president of uh, Christians of South Africa. For people who want, you know, more counselling and knowledge, how do they get in touch with you? Christians of South Africa at uh, Christians of SA at gmail dot com or my mobile number, which is zero seven six five six zero eight double zero four. My mobile number again is zero seven six. Five six zero eight double zero four. People can contact us at any given time. Uh, they can even WhatsApp us on the same line. Thank you very much. Facts of